Many of you have ever heard of Aaron Ralston. He's an avid hiker and outdoorsman. And in April of 2003, he went hiking in a canyon in Utah by himself. It was in what's called a slot canyon, which is deep, narrow crevices in the rock that's formed by water flowing through it. And he was climbing through the passage over a boulder when that boulder got loose and he fell. The boulder trapped his arm, his right arm, against the wall of the canyon. So he rationed what little food and water he had, and for five days... He tried to chip away at the rock to free himself. But eventually he realized that it it was impossible. It wouldn't work. And he came to the conclusion that if he wanted to free himself, he was going to have to cut part of his arm off. And so, miraculously, incredibly, without going into the details, that's what he did. He freed himself. He climbed out of the canyon and stumbled upon a family who was about to start a hike. They called for help, and now he's alive today to tell his story. Jesus has some serious words for us today. We've had a string of serious things, it seems like, the last couple weeks in the Gospel, about dying and the cross, to the importance in discipleship, about Jesus having to die so that he can be raised from the dead, and now today, cutting off whatever leads us to Gehenna, or hell. For most of my life, I've heard that these words of Jesus today are in hyperbole, an exaggeration. He doesn't, you can kind of dismiss him. He actually doesn't want us to do that. Which is true. He doesn't actually want us to cut off our arms and pluck out our eyes. But, the statements are true. And the importance and the seriousness that we hear in them is real. But, it's on a spiritual sense. Which isn't any less real than the physical. In fact, the spiritual is more real than the physical, you could say. So Jesus puts two paths before us. One to life, to the kingdom of God, and one to Gehenna. Now, when he says Gehenna, for the Jews in Jesus' time, that's actually a real place. There's a valley outside of Jerusalem, where in the Old Testament, there's lots of demonic and pagan sacrifices that happen there often involving human sacrifice and even child sacrifice. So to the Jews, that place became a defiled place. And what they used it for was that they would take their trash and their sewage and their waste there to dispose of it and burn it. So, obviously, it's not a very pleasant place. And there's always fires going there for people burning that. So that's the image Jesus is evoking when he speaks to the people about Gehenna. And today we're kind of more inclined to gloss over that part of the reading. Because, you know, we're people of joy. We don't focus on those kinds of things, which is true. But the problem with that is that it oftentimes leads us to lose the sense of urgency and importance that, that Jesus is intending to convey with these words. That when it comes to our spiritual life and our moral life, how we live and act, those have great importance. Because there is a right and a wrong. And what we do and what we say impacts what kind of person we are. If I wanted to to judge the character of somebody, I would most likely look at how they present themselves, what they say and what they do. And we have to realize that these these little decisions that we make have consequences, have eternal consequences. Now, a lot of times we maybe can downplay the hell because we don't want to change the way of how we live and act. But Jesus here is not mincing any words. 
His Gehenna is real, and he doesn't want us to go there. So he says that we have to cut out of our lives whatever could cause that. Because ultimately, it's our choice. God gives us the freedom to choose. He never imposes upon us. It's always an open invitation that he wants us to respond to. C.S. Lewis is a writer, and he said that in the end, there's only two kinds of people in the world. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says, thy will be done. Because without that self-choice, there, there could be no hell. We make that choice every day by how we live our life. So obviously, like we said, Jesus doesn't want us to literally cut off our limbs. But it's not because he was just exaggerating. It's because he knows that our arms and our feet and our eyes aren't actually what cause us to sin. If you remember, a long time ago, four, four weeks ago in the gospel, Jesus talked about what defiles a person, if you remember. He said, what comes from within is what defiles a person. What comes from our hearts. The, the selfishness, the pride, the anger, the need for power, the need for security, or to always be in control. That's what urgently needs to be cut out of our life. That's what causes us defilement. So how can we do that? By sacrificing. Look at Aaron Ralston. He cut off his own arm to save his earthly life. He very clearly made a sacrifice, and we applaud him for making such a brave and courageous act. And rightly so, because I don't think I could have had the courage to do what he did if I was in that situation. But still, he's going to die one day. This earthly life is temporary. When it comes to our spiritual life, which doesn't end... Do we put that same kind of importance on that? Are we willing to go to the same lengths to save our spiritual life? Think about maybe that one thing that you need to cut out of your life. Just one thing, whatever it is, a habit you have, what you look at or watch, the way you speak, the way you view other people, whatever it is. Maybe it's a love for the material world like St. James talked about in the second reading. Just getting caught up with the things of, of the world, which he says will devour your flesh like a fire. Think about whatever that one thing is. The best way to cut something out of our life is to replace it with something good or to act directly against it instead of just not trying to do something. Jesus gives us a very simple example in the gospel today. Giving someone a cup of water doesn't take spectacular deeds, it just takes these little acts of kindness or of sacrifice that slowly but surely change us. Little sacrifices, maybe like giving up you know, a certain food for a day or eating a food you don't like, skipping a meal, you know, listening to less music in the car or around the house, turning off the phone or your computer for the night. These little things that we don't want to do but they train our wills, they make them stronger, so that we can more readily cut out of our life what we know needs to go. It's like exercising a muscle. The more you do it, the more consistent you are at it, the stronger that muscle is going to get. But if you're lax, if you're lazy, if you, you know, don't work out all the time, if you don't really do anything, 
then nothing's going to change. In fact, it'll probably get worse. They say with your bodies, you know, use it or lose it. And the very same thing applies to our souls and our spiritual life. We have to train them just like we would train a body. But just by starting small. Maybe, as you take that regular silent time with the Lord that we've been talking about, maybe as you do the examination of your day that we talked about last week, something will jump out at you. You know, a habit maybe, that something that kind of bothers you, that weighs you down, something that you don't, you maybe didn't even notice it before. Whatever that thing is, and that's something that you can concretely work against as you live your life for the kingdom of heaven. Because remember, it's our choice. Jesus offers that choice to us. He puts these two paths before us, and it's the little decisions that we make every day that determine where we actually want to go. All these little things matter. And Jesus always gives us the grace. All of us are able to do what, what he wants and what we ultimately want. I want to close by saying just one more thing. Is that yes, we all need conversion. We all have things that we need to cut out. But we're here. So at least in a little bit, we have a sense of that. We know that we need, we need God's help in our life. That's partly why we're here. What about those who aren't here? About our family members and friends who don't put the same sense of urgency in, our, in their spiritual life. Do we love them enough to maybe bring up these things in a charitable way? Not in a way that forces or imposes or, you know, but in a way that opens up and just say, hey, look, I'm, that we're, we can have this conversation if you want. Because I love you too much to just let you stay where you are. We have a duty to be a light, to be a witness. And it starts in those simple relationships. So God, may you give us the courage to be your light in the world.